My name is Pastor Chris. I'm glad that you're here and that you came back after Easter Sunday. It's really good. We're still here. We're still here, and I hope that you'll, uh, you'll enjoy. Uh, in fact, it's so good that you came back because this message is just such a great uh, next message to hear right after what I shared last week. Um, can we just celebrate all that God did on Easter Sunday last week? God is good. We, we had three services, and over 2,600 people came through our doors to experience uh, celebration of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, uh, that Jesus is risen, the grave is empty, and we're here to celebrate the life that Jesus has given us. And, uh, and so we had such an awesome time. Our children's experience, come on, parents, can you just celebrate? Uh, man, that kid's experience was, was next level. It was amazing to see what Pastor Carrie and her team were able to do. We had over 12 students and children that made a decision to follow Jesus on Easter Sunday. And we're just believing that that decision um, would change them forever. And um, I prayed going into last week's message that it would be the clearest articulation of the gospel that I've ever preached. And that was my prayer. And, um, and I was just saying, Lord, I want it to be clear. And I want every person to walk in to understand that you died for them and that you rose from the grave and that they could put their hope in the power of your resurrection. And, um, and so we had such a powerful time. We saw in every service people step out of their seats and come forward uh, to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior, uh, for people to recommit their hearts and lives to Jesus. And then uh, we collected a connect card from everyone. And I'm so thankful that you did that again today. If you texted that word here, please, everyone that's here, everyone that's here today, text that word. We want to know who's here um, because, you know, Jesus has the ability to not just to see crowds. He sees every individual, um, but I want you to know your pastor doesn't. So you may be here and you'll tell me afterwards you were here, but I can't see everyone instantly. Um, it'll take me too long to just kind of go through the crowd in that way. But the Lord sees, but we want to see as well. And the best way for us to is just you shoot us a text message. We'll know. And here's what my promise is to you. If you text that number, I promise you our pastors will pray for you this week by name. We're going to lift you before the Lord this week by name. Spend time praying for you. And so please do it for that. If you're new, text the word new to that same number. Just throw up that slide for just another minute, guys, if you can access it. Um, just to remind what that number is. Because it's important for you to, to connect here with us. Um, so text that number, write the word here if you're uh, here and you're a regular, and text new if you are new. Uh, we want to connect with you. We want to walk with you. We want to just help you in any way that you can um, take your steps with the Lord. Um, but as, as we had everyone fill out that, that um, card, I asked people, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, check off that box. And I don't know um, how many of them were first time and how many were recommitments and how many didn't understand the question, but over 200 people said that they made decisions last Sunday and signified they made a decision to follow Jesus. And church, we've just been overwhelmed. We've never seen anything like that, even on an Easter Sunday. So I just sense God's doing something special. Amen? Amen. One of those people that walked forward to an altar was a friend of mine who I met because he was driving my wife and out of the airport back in February. The day I got back from Israel, he happened to be the person driving us, and we happened to have a conversation, and he happened to share with me that he was Hindu, and I happened to share with him that I'm a pastor, and I invited him to service, and he came to our third service and walked up and gave his life to Jesus at the end of that service. And so pray for his family and pray for him. Uh, man, what a, what a decision, what a day. And uh, some of you have friends that you invited, and, and Sunday was the greatest day of their life because they put their hope in Jesus. And uh, man, if you've never done that, I hope that you'll do that as well for yourself. But Easter is a powerful day. It's really the greatest day. It changed history. But I want you to know something and, and understand this if you hear nothing else that I say. 
Easter is not about a day, it is about a way. So the resurrection of Jesus was not just a day to be celebrated on a calendar, it is a way that you need to now live your life. It's not just that we, we live with the knowledge that Jesus rose from the dead on a certain day in time in history. It's that we live with the power of his resurrection every single day of our lives. Don't miss this, church. I want you to know that what God has for you, some of you today, is so much greater than you ever imagined. You've embraced a form of religion that is void of all the power that God promises. Because for you, Easter's about a day. The resurrection is about a day in time and a story. But I want you to know it's about a way to live your life and you can have access to the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ every single day of your life. I want you to know that. There's only one person right here that agrees with me, but that's okay. It's okay. That's all I need right now. We're going to storm hell with that. Because it's the truth of the gospel. It's the truth of God's word. Does anyone here today believe that the Bible is God's word to us? And that is his truth to us. This is what it says. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. Why? Because his spirit now lives in you. I want you to know the moment you turn to Jesus, the moment... You come into that life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says you're born again. And when that happens, you receive the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit now dwells in you. Christ dwells in your heart through faith. And when that happens, the Spirit, the power of the resurrection is now at work inside of you. Well, pastor, why does it not feel that way? Why do I still have all the same problems and hang-ups and things, man, that haven't changed in a long time in my life? That's what we're going to talk about today. I want to challenge you and ask you this question. Has the good news that changed the world, that the power of the resurrection is available and in us, has that changed your life? Has it changed the way you live? Has it reshaped you from the inside out? Are you a new creation? Are you a different person than you used to be because of Jesus and what he's done inside of you? And I want you to know that Jesus didn't just do something for you. He also came to do something in you. to change you and to transform you. And if you want to take that kind of journey, man, then hang on, because in the next weeks that are ahead of us, God's going to do something really special in our midst. So let's take a look at this. Let's just go a little bit further with it. I was, I was looking at, a, came across a story recently about a, a giant building in Thailand. And I just want to share it with you r- really quickly. If you look, on, this is in Bangkok City, and there's all these beautiful buildings. There was a building that was built that cost hundreds of millions of dollars to construct. And when it was done, the people in the city waited for it to open, and it never opened. And at night, when everything else looked so beautiful and everything was lit up, this one building was just completely dark. And they said, what's going on? And they said, there was a flaw in the foundation, and the building is leaning and sinking on one side, and there's nothing we can do about it but it will never be occupied. It will never have power flowing to it. And eventually we're going to have to tear it down. Hundreds of millions of dollars to waste. It's an example of something that is possible for everything to look really good on the outside and for there to be nothing really going on on the inside. 
And I want you to know that that can be the case. And I want us not to experience that. I want us to experience everything that God has for us. I want the resurrection of Jesus not just to be about a day, but about a way that you now live your life. And because of that, in the power of his resurrection, it changes you from the inside out. And to do that, I want to, we're going to go to a few verses of scripture. If you're taking notes, write them down. If you have a Bible, you can uh, grab one in the pew back or just pull out your phone and um, you know, find a Bible app there. But in Luke's gospel, chapter 8, in Luke chapter 8, Jesus tells a story, and he talks about this parable, and it's a parable he tells in a few places, and this was with a large crowd of people, and they were coming to hear from him. And starting in verse 5, Jesus tells them this story, and this is to teach a truth that's deeper than just what he's saying. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and he scattered the seed. When he did, some of it fell on the path, that's hardened earth, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Others fell on the um, soil, but it was among thorns, and it, whenever those things grew up, they choked out the plants, and they couldn't live. And other seed fell on the good soil, and it came up, and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. So for one that was sown, it got a hundred back, and it says, this is amazing. And Jesus is talking, and they said, what, what does this mean? And he goes on to explain it. And I want to tell you because I want you to understand why for some, if Easter's just about a day, if the resurrection of Jesus is just about a day, a moment in time, even just believing in that and saying, yes, and it's not about a way, this is what can happen in your life. There's different ways that Jesus said people, the soil, received the seed. And Jesus said the seed is the word of God. It's ultimately the gospel, the good news. What is the good news? The good news is that Jesus died for your sins, that he was buried, and on the third day he rose again, conquering death so that now you can have a relationship with God. That's the good news. And he said when that good news goes out, it went out on Easter, and it went out to everyone that would hear. But you know what happened? It fell into everyone's ears, and it didn't just fall into your ears, and you didn't just hear it. There was a way that you were receiving that truth. There was a way that you were internalizing what was said. And it was not just falling to your ears, but it was meant to actually permeate your heart. It was meant to be received. And so how it's received shows how it will grow. And so he said that there's these different types of soil. One of them is completely hardened. And it'd be almost the same as me throwing seeds right here and expecting something to grow. It's not going to grow. I'll step on it. It'll get crushed. Some animal, if they, I don't think we have any animals in here right now, but they would come and they eat it and it'd go away. He said, that's representative of a heart that is hardened that does not receive that word. Doesn't receive it. Doesn't hold to it. Doesn't allow it to take root inside of the heart. And so there's no ability for that. The second one, it takes root. There's some soil there and it's even received, but there are some deeper things beneath the surface that have a deeper place, a first place. And those are rocks, things that are in the place there. And those are there and it can never grow deep enough. There's no roots. There's a shallowness to the faith. We take it at surface level, but we don't really let it change our lives very much. It doesn't get deep down. And that stone that's underneath, whenever things get hot, that stone heats up and it kills what's been planted there. He said, that's another way. The third way is that it's there and planted, but there's a lot of other things, worries and anxieties and all these other troubles that are growing and they end up choking the life out of it. But there's a type of soil that receives it wholeheartedly, that roots grow down deep in, and because of that, it's fruitful. I want you to know that I've always looked at this and I've thought, okay, it's about the soil. It's always about the soil. 
the condition of the soil. It's about the seed. It's about these different things. I never thought about it this way. At the end of the day, it was about the roots. It was about the roots. Could it take root or could it not? Could roots grow or could they not? And if the roots were not growing, if the roots had no place to grow and go down, even if there was the potential for life there, if the roots can't get deep enough, then it can't hold you. We see that the depths of the roots make all the difference. The condition of the root system makes all the difference. Does anyone have a tree that's in your yard from two weeks ago? That it was because of the roots that made the difference. When the storms come, if you're rooted or if you're not rooted, it'll be the difference between if you're still standing or you're not. That's what Jesus is trying to say. And so today, are you rooted? Do you have a relationship that's growing deep with the Lord? If you want to, I want to talk to you about that. Because here's what I want you to know. Ultimately, and we see the end result is fruitfulness. There's a, there's a crop. There's a harvest. Here's the big idea of this message. If you want to be in the place that I just talked about, the final place that's, that's ultimately bearing fruit that's a hundredfold better than anything else you could have imagined. Honestly, I, I told people at this point, once I say this one line, if you don't want that for your life and you want any of the other ones, you can just tune me out for the rest of the message. Deal? I'm serious. Because this word is really only for those that would say, I want everything God has for me in this life. Here's the big idea of the message, and then again, if you don't want that, then you can just tune me out. The fruit of your life is dependent on the roots in your life. What's coming out of your life is ultimately dependent on where your roots are going down, where they're at and where they're not. Because it's your roots that will ultimately produce the fruit that is in your life. It's not about what's going on above the surface, what's going on beneath the surface that makes all the difference. With that being said, let's now turn to John chapter 15. And I want to talk to you and read you through this passage, a beautiful passage. And these are some words that Jesus said to his disciples right before he left them and he went to the cross. Right as he was sitting with them over a meal and, and having that final meal, just like communion that we took together. It's over that meal that many commentators and scholars believe that Jesus spoke these very words. He said this, I am the true vine, John 15 starting 1. My father is the gardener, and he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I spoke to you. Now remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Are you sensing a pattern here? I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers and such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. There's no purpose to them. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you would bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. What a word. Jesus says a few things here that are really, really important. Number one, he says that it's God's desire and his desire, and it gives God glory that we would bear fruit, that there would be an evidence that flows out of our life, that God is pleased with that, 
That's his desire for you. That's his purpose for you. That's his plan in your life is that your life would not be as you were, but you'd be a brand new creation, completely transformed from the inside out. And I want you to know that's not just a momentary thing. It's a lifelong process that you and I are involved in, that every day something will be changing and growing within us, that we'd be bearing fruit, as he says. Number two, he said it's contingent on remaining in him. Because he only said it about a hundred times in that verse that I just read to you, right? And number three, and the one that I'm not quite sure if you really believe this or not. I'm not sure if I believe it as much as I should. But he said, apart from me, you could do nothing. Do you believe that? Really? Do you believe this is the word of God? You're a little louder there. In first service, I said, do you believe it? And everyone's like, I don't know if I believe it. They believe this, but... Do you really believe apart from him you can do nothing? You know, I think we can say that because we're in church. We think God's going to strike us with lightning or something if we don't. But I, I believe you can do a lot of things without him. You can, you can serve the body community. You could have come and done what everyone else did. You could have greeted people. You could serve in our ministries. You could get up here and preach apart from him. All these things can happen. And I think, quite honestly, we do too many things, and we're doing them without remaining in Christ. And I want you to know you can do it. You can get applause. People can get excited about it. But that's not fruit. Those are results. You can get results. You can make people smile. You can do all these kind of things. But I want you to know, Jesus said you can bear no fruit apart from him. He said, I want you to have fruit that is abundant, and I want you to have fruit that remains in your life. And I want you to know that apart from him, we can't have that. We can't ever experience that. I want to be fruitful in this life, do you? I want to experience everything that God has for me to experience. I want my life to bear fruit. I want it to matter for eternity. I want it to do the things that please the heart of God. I want it to bring the Father glory. He says his desire that we would bear fruit. But if we are living our lives disconnected from him, if we are not remaining in him, then we cannot bear that fruit that he said. Are you with me? Do you understand that? Do you see this is the truth of what God is saying? It's very important because for some of us, we're not seeing the fruit in our lives and it's because we're disconnected from him. I think there's a great example of this, a great one that I can point you to. And it's going to settle an age-old debate of which is better. Let's think back a few months from Christmas and I know it still feels like winter, right? Uh, in many ways, but let's just settle this once and for all. How many of you prefer the live tree in your house? Come on, a live Christmas tree. Everyone has to participate. You have to be one or the other. Let me see all the live trees. Okay, how many of you are for a fake tree? The terrible fake tree. Okay. I'm going to have an altar call for all of you later. There's a lot of things that my wife and I had to sort through when we were getting married, and a lot of things I conceded, but we have a live tree in my house. As for me and my house, we will have that tree. It will smell like pine, and it will be nice. And so we, we went for it, and we love it. We love that. I love the smell. And you're like, I got the smell covered. I buy one of those car fresheners and put it in the... Good. But I want you to think about that. Because here, here's something I just told you that isn't actually true. I, I didn't even frame the question right. Because the tree, you go to a tree farm or wherever you go and you pick it up and you bring it to your house is not a live tree. It is a dead tree. And I should have said, how many of you have a dead tree and how many of you have a fake tree? That should have been the real question. 
because we think it's alive because it looks nice. We think it's alive because we dress it up. We think it's alive because it's green. I want you to know the moment it became disconnected from its root system, it began to die. The moment it became disconnected from its roots, it began to die. And as that happened, you see the signs of death. And this is going to get real depressing for all of us that love the live tree. But what are the signs of that? Look at the floor. What do you see on the floor? Let's see the picture of that. What's on the floor? All the needles. Those are signs of death. Those are signs of unfruitfulness. I want you to know that if you leave it there, it gets worse, right? It gets worse and worse and worse. Before long, it's, it's there in that dead tree. Is there, here, here, here's the, the moment that gets really scary. If God were able to take a picture and just shine a mirror into the heart and soul of each one of us spiritually, not physically, we all look different ways and we can look really good. If he can hold up a mirror, say, Lord, which tree am I? Am I a live tree or am I that tree? Lord, show it to me. Or am I a fake tree that it looks so good, but you plant it, it will never bear any fruit. I want you to know it will never, ever, ever grow. If this is fake, it just, it just, I'm just going through the motions. There is no seed. I don't receive any of this. I'm just going through the motions. It cannot grow. It cannot bear fruit. So when you ask the question, why does my life look the way that it looks? If you're living disconnected from Jesus, why do you expect it to look any other way? And that's not, see, I'm not trying to say this to, to scare you out of your salvation. No, Jesus saved you. Jesus changed your life. That came, and that was a gift. It says salvation is a free gift of God. And the Holy Spirit touched your life. And some of you are like, I've even been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've even prayed for people, and they've been healed. And I've even prophesied, and God has met me. And I want you to know all those things are gifts of the Holy Spirit. But here's the, di the difference. Gifts are given, but fruit is grown. And you can actually have the gifts and have none of the fruits. You can actually have all of that because God gives that and the Holy Spirit gives that. And that's why you'll have people that will be anointed and used by God and they'll be caught up in scandals because their character isn't holding them. That's where character is developed. This is where God's power is being demonstrated. Don't take credit for that. God gave you that. But God is growing that. He wants to grow that. So you'll see people with an abundance of gifts because that's what they're chasing after and they're just receiving. Man, it's like, it's like a buffet. They're taking in all of that. They have all the grace of God. They love all of that. But man, they're just as immature as they were when they first came to Jesus. There's been no growth. There's no self-control. All the fruit that's meant to come out of their life isn't there. And so there's fruit that's meant to be there. There's things that he said should be shaped. And I want you to know when you think about fruit, what does it mean that he wants me to be fruitful? In the Bible, when you study that word, what fruitfulness means, it normally speaks to character. It's about your character being developed. So think about that through the lens of what we're about to talk about in just a moment. That God wants to change your character from the inside out. Because whenever we say these kinds of things, and we all believe them, that, man, I should be looking more like Jesus every single day. Do you know what I'm talking about? When people see me, they should see Jesus. Literally, should we grow a beard and wear sandals? And No, what are they seeing? They're seeing that your character is more like his character. It's not that. It's not, it's not at all that on a physical, in a physical way, you literally look more like Jesus. It's that your character has now become the character of Christ. You've humbled yourself. The qualities of Christ now flow out of your life. That's the fruit. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, I'm so glad you asked me that. Because God's word tells us that. 
So let's turn now, after you see that, into a passage of Scripture in Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5. And I'm asking the worship team to come up right now, uh, if you're here. Because if you don't come up, I will not stop today. So, are you still with me? Here's what, here's what the Bible says in Luke chapter. Actually, yeah, let's read that passage first. I told you we're going to read in Galatians. You already turned there. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. Here's what Paul says. We talked about it earlier in the message. You now have the spirit of God that dwells in your heart through faith in Christ. And he says this, he says, so I say to you, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What I'm about to tell you and read to you is the war that is waging inside of you under the surface. It's a tension that you feel between what you know you should do and what God desires for you and what you want to do and what you often do. This is it. This is the war. Here's what he says. There's a war within you. The flesh desires are contrary to the spirit and the spirit is contrary to the flesh they're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want but if you're led by the spirit of god greater is he who is in me than he was in the world that's a spirit of victory says we're not under any law says the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity botchery idolatry witchcraft hatred discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Should I go slower? Dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, meaning this is not an exhaustive list. There's more. He said, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, if there was anywhere for a but... It's here, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you see those, don't you see Christ? When you see the fruit of the Spirit, it's the character of Christ growing out of your life. He said, against this, there is no law. There is no law. Gifts are given, but this fruit is grown, the Bible says. The fruit of the Spirit, it's meant to grow out of your life as you continually surrender your life to Him. Luke chapter 4, verses 43 through 45, Jesus says it like this. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes and grapes from briars. You're like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know where the grapes came from. They came from ShopRite. They don't grow in briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So what's going on in our hearts? Are we rooted in him? Are we rooted in the vine? Are we remaining in Jesus? Are we staying connected to him? I don't give you this message to condemn anyone. I, I, I want this to be the truth of God that would speak to you in such a way and to me that it would wake us up and help us to really see and weigh it and do something about it. What I'm so thankful for is everything I've mentioned here. None of it is impossible for any of us to experience in this life. The soils, you don't have to settle for whatever soil you find yourself in today. 
You have a choice in the matter. Will you receive the word of God? Will you take that in? Will you remove the things and push them aside and rip out the weeds? Or will you sit there and just sit back and let it just kind of hit you and fall off? The, you have a choice in that matter. And if you're in any of those places, it's not an accident. You can be like you, you, your heart right now is perfectly created, perfectly balanced to be giving you exactly what you're receiving right now. I want you to know the condition of the soil of your heart. Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, I know about this much about gardening. So to just indulge me for just a second. But here's what I know. I went one year, a few years ago, and I planted all kinds of different fruit and vegetables and different things in my garden. And I was excited because when I planted it, it looked really good. And I didn't just plant seeds. I planted stuff that was already starting to grow so I could really make sure I didn't miss it. Within a couple weeks, I was watering it. I was watching it. I was making sure the sun was there. Some of it's growing really nicely. Other stuff is dead on the vine. And I'm like, I don't understand. I've been doing it. I'm watering it all the same. And it, and people that know something about it started to say, well, what's going on under the surface? What's the soil like? I said, what do you mean? I said, well, depending on what's going on in the soil is going to tell you certain things are going to grow well there and certain things aren't growing well there. And so the strawberries were dead. The tomatoes were flourishing. And they said, if you're going to get serious about it, you got to start doing soil testing and figure out what are the elements, what are the attributes of what's going on in your soil. And you got to balance that out. you got to work at it. you got to dig. There might be clay deposits within that soil. And those roots aren't going to take the same there. And I'm like, well, I had no idea. And I thought the same is true spiritually. Here's what I want you to know. When you look at the, at the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, those things are meant to be growing in your life. And if you were honest with yourself, and I will, if you'll take this journey we're about to go on together, you're going to have a chance to kind of look deeper into this. But these are meant to grow in your life. And if you've been walking with the Lord for any time, you have a sense of where each of those are maybe in your own life. And there's some of them that aren't really growing at all. So how can I have joy, but I have no self-control? How can I have peace, but I have no patience? How, like, how can I have some of them and not have the others? Because in some of those areas of your heart, what they're doing is the fruit that is there or isn't there or is sick or the, the works of the flesh that are showing up, it's showing that something is wrong beneath the surface. Are you with me still? And so we're going to do some digging, church, because the goal is to get rooted in Christ. The goal is to be connected to him. The goal is for anyone that wants to grow and go further and deeper than you've ever been before and experience that, experience what we've been talking about and find freedom from the other stuff. It's going to require some hard work because here's what I believe exists under the surface. There's something that I'm going to call strongholds, and that's a bloated word in a lot of circles. But I want you to know what a stronghold is. In a military sense, a stronghold is a place that is not easily surrendered. It's a place that is unsurrendered. It's a place that people hunker down. It's a place that they're going to hold. And if someone's going to take that, then they're going to have to fight a really big battle because there's going to be a lot of resistance. That thing's not coming down. And I want you to know there are things that maybe we've held on to in our lives, even after we've come to know Jesus that because we've held so tightly them, they become strongholds in us and we don't even know it. And they're unsurrendered parts of our heart that we haven't yet yielded to Jesus. We said you could be Lord over here, but you can't be Lord over here. I'm not going to change that. And I want you to know that if you have those areas, it's like you have some rocks buried under the surface and the roots that he desires to grow in you will never flourish and become fruitful because you've made a decision to hold on to something. And so we're going to be just exploring this journey. We're going to dig deeper. And each week as we come to the word of God and we look at one of the different attributes of the fruit of the spirit, we're going to ask the spirit of God to show us 
how we can grow and reach our full potential in Christ. And I just believe this is a series that's going to be transformative for us, church. I don't believe it's an accident that God's bringing us to this season right now, but he's going to do something in us and through us that we can never imagine. The title of the series of teaching is going to be called Rooted. And it's going to be all about being rooted in Christ. And here's the goal. It's a verse of scripture. This is the goal for our series. It's in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. When I read it, I said, that's it. That's our purpose statement. That's what we desire. This is the flag we are running towards. Take a look at this with me. It says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your life in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Man, how would that be for us to experience that? We got to be intentional. We got to take the journey and I hope you'll take that journey with us. We're going to begin it next week. And there's, here's, I'm going to give you a few ways as we get ready to close that you're going to get the most out of this experience. The first is coming here on Sunday morning. You got to be here. Be here. Get this word. If you have to be away, then look it up online. We post it as soon as we can on the website. Join us live on Sunday mornings. We stream our services. You can find all that, but don't miss out on any part of it. Say, God, I'm just going to give you this season because I'm serious. I really want to grow. I don't want to get back next Easter and be in the same place that I was this year. I want to see something change, Lord. And I'm telling you, I promise you, if you remain in Christ, you will see him transform your life from the inside out. Not because of me, but because it's what he promises to do. So first is take the journey. Number two, do not take this journey alone. This is not just to be meant to be something that's just very individual. It's meant to be done in some kind of community. You got to talk about it. You can't just hear it. You have to talk about it because it's in the midst of that conversation that the roots are going to grow even deeper, that they're going to kind of grow down even further. And so that's why we're always talking to you about small groups. This is the best time for you to now take that step. Many of you committed that this year you're going to get involved in a small group. It's a great chance for you to do just that. Sign up for a small group. If you don't find one that you're able to attend, commit yourself to four form a small group. And I'm not going to, you don't have to be, have this big extensive training. Just get together with some people. It could be your own family. It could be you and two other people. It could be you and some other friends here at church. Commit to these couple things. One is that you're going to meet together and talk and we'll give you the, we'll just give you some questions and things to go deeper in the message. Number two, that you're going to do it regularly. So you've got to put a time on the calendar. If you don't make it a priority, you're going to miss out on it. You will, you'll miss out on it. And number three, then you're going to follow through with it. And you're going to stay connected in it. And you're just really going to, over these nine weeks, you're going to grow. Take that seriously. We'll provide you with everything you need. So you can take that journey. So either join one of them that we have, form one if you're willing to lead, leave, lead one and open up your home and say, I'm ready. Just do that and we'll give you everything you need. We'll train you. We'll help you. It's not intimidating. You don't need to be intimidated by it. But if you can't do either of those, then just form one. Form one yourself. Talk to someone after service. Talk to your family. Say, we're going to do this. Tuesday night, that's when we're getting together and we're going to grow together in the word of God by taking this the next step further. So I want everyone to do that because you're going to get the most out of it. We're going to reach our full potential, I believe, if we give ourselves to that. And then also daily and individually, you do need to go deeper. And that's going to be through devotionals. You need to have a devotional life. Man, Jesus said, remain in me and, re and I'll remain in you. <laughs> remain in me and my word will remain in you. And if you do that, you can ask anything you want and it will be given to you. So remain in me, let my word remain in you and then ask. So I see communing with Jesus, being in his presence through worship. I see the word of God spending time there. My word's remaining in you. And ask. Ask is how we pray. We come to him in prayer. You got to be doing those things each day. Don't think that we're going to live a life connected to him and we don't talk to him. We don't get to know him. You know, 
If that's the case, we're going to keep getting the same results we've always gotten. If we want to grow, let's take it seriously. So spend that time together. We're going to help you with that. Every day, I'm going to be, our team's going to be putting together devotionals that we're going to email to you. And each week, as we're looking at one of the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, the character of Christ, we're going to see what does it mean to be rooted in love. And all that week, you're going to get a different devotional every morning, a thought and something from the Word of God that will help you be rooted in love, rooted in joy, rooted in peace, whatever that is, you'll just be receiving that every day. And so we want you to sign up and we want you to receive that and just take the journey with us. Here's how you can do that. If you're willing to take this journey, in the ways that I've talked about or any of those ways that I've talked about, I want you to pull out your phone one more time. Oh man, the phone. Pull out the phone. This is the only way I can know that for every single one of you. It's so much faster than me passing a card down the aisle, making you sign it, me collecting it and having our team just shoot me a text message and then instantly we can know everyone that's taking the journey with us and we can instantly send you an email with all the information that you need. Take out your phone and text the word ROOTED, R-O-O-T-E-D to 908-325-5163. When you do that, that'll put you right in our list. You'll automatically be subscribed to the email devotionals and we'll send you all the info you need on small groups. So if you're taking those steps, we're gonna be able to help you along the way in any way that you can. Would you, once you do that, so I know you've already texted, just stand to your feet and I'm gonna pray for you before we go. We're just gonna spend a few moments just praying and then I'm gonna release you. To, to go and be with the Lord. So once you've text messages, uh, text message, just stand to your feet. We're just gonna spend a few moments in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, are you ready to take this journey? Because for some of us, we've been in the faith a while but not much has changed. We're not more joyful. We're not more patient. We're not more humble. We still have the same habits. But I want you to know, as we experience the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ at work in us, we're going to see a change in us that we can never imagine. Paul says it like this, I want to know Christ, and I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know participation and even sharing in his sufferings. I want to become like him in every way, even in his death, to attain the resurrection from the dead. And today, if it's your prayer, I want to be rooted and grounded in Jesus. I want to be built up in the way that you've just shared. I want to take that journey. I want everything God has for me. I want to be that forest soil that doesn't have the thorns, it doesn't have the rocks, it isn't hardened. I want all that God has for me. If that's you, I just want to pray over you right now as we take this journey. So if that is you, would you just lift your arms before the Lord right now? And just as you lift your hands, all you're doing is you're taking a posture of surrender. And not just to me, not for me, but to the Lord. You're saying, Lord, I'm all in. I'm ready. Lord, I want to grow. I want to be in a different place. I want to get where you, where you would like to take me. Lord, I want freedom from those things that have been holding me back. If that's your prayer, if that's your desire, right now, lift your hands before the Lord. If you're watching online, just lift your hands to God right now, right where you're at. If you're watching, I don't care if you're in public, in front of other people, lift your hands before God right now in this moment and say, Lord, I'm standing here. I want everything you have for me and I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I'm so thankful, Lord God, for those that are reaching out to you. Lord, we're reaching for you, Lord God. We're not satisfied with where we are. We're not satisfied with the mundane. We're not satisfied with a lack of growth. Lord, we want to experience all that you have for us, Lord God. Lord, none of the fruit that's mentioned, Lord, none of those attributes is any believer exempt from, Lord God. We gotta quit making excuses for our character not lining up with yours, Lord God, because you can do it. You can shape us and change us. And right now, Lord God, I just pray 
For everyone's lifting their hands, and I sense and I know there are some, Lord God, as we're, as we're doing this, it's a very humbling moment in my life. And as you're doing that, as you're lifting your hands for the Lord, there's someone here that you just sense, man, God's so mad at me right now. He, he's not happy. I, I've, I've done X, Y, and Z, and I'm that tree that's dead, and I, I should know better. I should know better. I should know better. Right now, I come against the lie of the enemy that would stand up to try to discourage because here's what I believe in this moment, that our God is like this father of the prodigal son that whenever his child showed up, walking towards him, he comes running after him with joy. And I just right now pray, Lord, help them to experience your joy, your pleasure, that your children, Lord, are lifting their arms before you, Lord God. They're coming home for some of them, Lord God. They're not settling for less. They're not going to continue to entertain things that are going to keep them from everything that you have for them. And I just pray for someone today who is discouraged and fearful and afraid, who feels like they could never earn their place with you and they've done too much wrong, but they're, they're reaching out to you today, Lord God. I pray they'd feel your joy and your freedom and your pleasure over their lives like never before, Lord God. Wash over them today, Lord God. Encourage them. Build them up in their spirit and help them to walk with you and to experience the fullness of what you have for us. Lord, we just commit this season to you, Lord. Lord, this is not just a day, Lord, in a moment. It's a way that we're going to live. We're going to set our hearts towards it. We're going to experience the power of everything you have for us. So we commit that to you right now. I pray your blessing, Lord God, be upon your people today. May joy fill your house, Lord. May anticipation fill our hearts as we take this journey together. Lord, may we be rooted and grounded in you built up in every way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Come on, celebrate God's goodness. Amen. God bless you as you go. But uh, if you're new here, we do have new to you happening right across the hall. Don't forget, if it's your first time here, before you leave, stop over, have some lunch with us. I'd love to meet you personally. We have a free meal. You have to be coming for six months or less. No one sneak in, okay? Uh, so that's it. So enjoy that. Turn to someone, greet them, wish them a happy Sunday. Ask someone today if they'll join your small group that you're about to form as you respond to the word. God bless.